Today's best of, we have chosen the movie Elvis. Michael and I both thoroughly enjoyed this movie, not only because of the story, but because of the incredible acting performances turned in by the stars who played Elvis Presley and his manager, The Colonel. We hope you have enjoyed these best of series, and we hope you enjoy today's best of Elvis. Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his trusted assistant, Michael Pop, as they explore the intersection of faith, movies, and our contemporary context. Welcome back to Christ, Culture, and Cinema. How are you today, Michael? I, uh, I'm feeling like a hound dog. Oh, you are feeling like Thank a you. hound dog. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's that's a pretty lame it's pretty Elvis bad. <laughs> Presley impersonation. That's what I got. That's it. That's, that's you all you, what got. you got. Yeah. You know, uh, today we're going to be looking at a movie that I think caught everybody by surprise of how good oh, yeah. uh, the quality uh, of this movie. Today we're going to be looking at the movie Elvis that was released on June 24th, 2022. This was a big summer release and not an early summer release. This no. is a little later in the game uh, with a budget of $85 million with a box office return of $281 million. I know you saw it at the theater, did you not? Yeah, twice. Well, kind of. I, I got free popcorn the first time. I got my popcorn yeah. all set to watch Elvis, and yeah. the air conditioning was out on that side oh, of the uh, Oh, in Florida, that's bad. But they reimbursed tickets, and I got to keep my soda and popcorn for free. So, you nice. know, thank you, Elvis. Well, there you go. But we did go back and watch it. It was it was so good. See, now, Amy and I waited. Uh, it's now out on HBO Max. Doesn't take long nowadays. No, it doesn't. No. I was stunned. We were looking for something to watch. I put on HBO Max, and I went, whoa, hey, stop right there. Elvis. Has Elvis entered has the entered. building. <laughs> has entered HBO Max. He has entered my living room. There All you go. Right. Now, this movie was directed by Boz Lerman, and it was fascinating. I had to take a look. His body of work is very small in the United States. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet, Moulin Rouge, Australia, and The Great Gatsby. Now, here's some weirdness, though. Who is in his rendition of Romeo and Juliet and The Great Gatsby? The answer, Leonardo DiCaprio. Of course. Now, who is in Moulin Rouge? And by the way, my wife loves that movie. We have it on DVD. Really? She likes it so much. And Australia? Answer? Nicole Kidman, of course. Nicole Kidman. Yeah, you Australian. are right. So he likes he, the Aussies. Well, he works with talent, right. is what this tells me. This guy knows how to convince talent to step out of their comfort zone and get into theater, get into performance, get into singing mode that otherwise they normally would not be. In, like, would you ever really expect Leonardo DiCaprio and Romeo and Juliet? The answer is no, probably not. Or Nicole Kidman singing in Moulin Rouge. No. But there she is. So really, I think a pretty powerful director. 
to say the least. Let's talk about the cast. Let's talk about this movie a little bit. It is a walk through the life of Elvis Presley, uh, but really through the eyes of the main character, Colonel Tom Parker. He really is the yeah. narrator in this movie. He to pushes to an extent. He, he really does. And, and let's be honest. This is a shame on Christ Culture and Cinema. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm calling you and I out. Uh-oh. This is only like our second Tom Hanks movie. He's really? one of the greatest actors. Is it? Yeah. Well, I had Sleepless in Seattle we did. Yeah. Do you, do you remember Which, another Tom Hanks one we did? No. Well, you know, Sleepless in There's Seattle so many good ones. is one of our least listened to podcasts. <laughs> I'm just saying, not that we're begging you to go back to and go back listen and to it, it but right, honestly, listen. it's like... Really? It was that bad? I, I can't help but I literally think. have five lines of Tom Hanks movies. They're all so good. I've seen them all. I love them all. Well, we... So good. Well, we also did Forrest Gump, did we oh, not? Oh, we did do Forrest Gump. We good call. Forrest Shame Gump. on me. But look at some he's of the three. movies he's done. Castaway, Forrest yep. Gump, Saving Private Ryan, and we've done Toy Story. He is the voice of Woody <gasps> in Toy Story. He did Come do on. all four Toy Stories. Come good on. call. We, Come we, on. we have done that. Uh, he, We were going to do Greyhound, and we never did during the pandemic uh we had it scheduled just chose not to do it didn't do it uh bridge of spies is a great movie saving mr banks is a great movie i like captain phillips i think he's really good in captain phillips he's great in captain phillips you know let's not forget apollo 13 i I can't polar express one of my favorites favorite christmas movies i love that one i know you don't i love polar express i watch it every year it's creepy He, he is incredible in the terminal Oh, yeah, that's right. Such a weird movie, and yet you watch it, and you're like, he's genius. Yeah. The way he plays But that. now there's a whole YouTube sensation of guys who try to... <laughs> done it. How long they can stay in the terminal. <laughs> it is hilarious. You know? Oh, boy. It's pretty good stuff. Uh, let's talk about now... Wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. Come on. Oh? Catch me if you can. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're going to go all the way back to, to Big Dragnet... This Joe is... versus Volcano. We've talked about that. Yeah. League of Their Own. He steals the whole movie. Sorry, women. He steals... Leave her own. You sure about Every scene Jimmy Dugan is in is hilarious. This is true. I, mean, I can just watch the Jimmy Dugan scenes. There you go. He's good. Love him. Let's All go right, on. Who's, on. Let's go on. Who's playing Elvis Presley? Uh, the adult Elvis Presley uh, uh, is played by Austin Butler. And we just had him a couple of weeks ago in Once Upon a yes, Time in Hollywood. He was a... Uh, Very different uh, character. Tex. Yeah, he was Tex out there yeah. with the Manson family. Uh He's also in The Dead Don't Die, a little movie we mentioned last week, Dude. Dude. Uh, we might have to check that one out. There's Never seen it. quite a few in that. Dude. And he's also in the television show The Arrow, about the Green Arrow, DC right. comic world. He's in a lot of television as well, but, you know, here's this. This awesome. is the breakout scene. And and he yeah. has no credit between 2019 and Elvis. This mm-hmm. was his two-plus years Singing lessons, oh, getting yeah. the voices down. We had an Australian who figured out all of Elvis's different voices throughout his life. I mean, yeah, kind of young, this mid, and late, you know. Yeah. Uh, playing Priscilla Presley is Olivia de Young. And I laughed when I saw this, uh, you know, because again, her work is not very limited. Very limited. The Visit, yeah. uh, Will, uh, Better Watch Out, Love in Other Places. Not a lot there, but yeah. on the screen, you think she's been, you know, a big name in Hollywood for a long time. She's tremendous as Priscilla. She does well. Uh, let's talk about... I, I think it's harder, too, when you're playing a character that people know. 
This is I mean, true. You make up a character. It's your choice. You do what you want. But when you're actually, that's why I always marvel at the SNL kids. Yeah. You know, the characters there where they try to, to act as somebody else. And of course, SNL, they can spoof it. This mm-hmm. is a movie. You know Priscilla Presley. Yeah. You know what she is. You know how she sounds. She has to become Priscilla. Yeah, and that's not hard. That, that is a hard trick to do. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the other uh, musicians that influence uh, Elvis, and then we'll come back to some of the other people around him. B.B. King. B.B. Mm. Uh, King is played by Kelvin Harris Jr., uh, most recently in the movie Trial of the Chicago 7. He was in Lucci, Monsters and Men, It Comes at Night, Waves, and a little television show that got a lot of play, Godfather of Harlem. Yeah, Sereno. Look at the high note. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, uh, photograph, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. an actor Nothing now. really big, though. No, no, no. Now, playing Little Richard, Alton Mason, and I love this. You know what Alton Mason is? He's not an actor. The one playing Little Richard, he's a male model, primarily for Chanel and Gucci. Of course. Which is a prelude to Gucci. We'll be talking about that later <laughs> for sure. Uh, but he's a model because they needed to find somebody because Little Richard in the day was was pretty. He fashion. was a he was a he was a fashion plate. Um, playing Yola, uh, playing Sister Rosetta Tharp is Yola, and I love Lo- y- uh, Yola's two uh, two uh, pieces here. Yola, Study uh, Shady Grove, and Central Park. That's it. That's it. There's nothing else there for her. Uh, but she's a powerful uh, black singer in the movie. Uh, another one, Big Mama Thornton, mm-hmm. is played by Shanka Dukura. And I love this. You know what her uh, production uh, 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 pieces for the whole thing? What is it? Doja Cat, Las Vegas. Mm. So again, musician. Died three days before Elvis opened. Really? Very sad. Yeah. She died three days before at age 44. Uh, never got to see the opening of the movie. Well, that's really very, sad. Very sad. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, playing, let's see, let's go on down a little further. Playing young Elvis as a, as a young boy is Chayden J. And this is his first movie credit. Period. First oh, yeah. one. He was good. It's been in nothing else. He carried the role very well. It was limited, but there were flashbacks to uh, young Elvis, so he was kind of woven throughout the movie. I thought he was really good. You wonder how he ended up uh, getting the part. Yeah, now let's go back to some more of the other musicians around him, playing Arthur Big Boy Crotup, which which was the guy playing the blues uh, out in the barn uh, in the neighborhood. Now, he's been in some interesting things, but it's all musical credits for... Things like Deepwater Horizon, Venom, Justice League, Stand Up Guys, Minions Rise of Gru, Cars 3. But he's a musician, a genuine, authentic, playing music for movies musician. And then I had to throw him in there just because we're preachers. The Pentecostal preacher <laughs> is played by Shannon Sanders. Yes, And again, is. there's only a couple of credits here. A pleasing and lively dream car. I've never heard of either of you. Nope. So very limited. Well, that lively dream car, I mean, that's 12 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So not much there. Now let's talk about uh, Elvis's parents. Gladys is played by Helen Thompson, and she's been in a ton of television. A lot of TV. Yeah, Bad Mothers most recently, but I did find a movie in the Wayback Machine. I went to the theater to see this movie. I know we did. 
Kangaroo Jack. Oh, the only movie I had now was The Craft. I'm like, you went to the theater to see The Craft? No, we went to the movie theater to see Kangaroo Jack, and it was okay. It was stupid funny. Uh, 2003, I believe, when that came out, playing Vernon, Elvis's father, who goes to jail, gets out of jail, and ultimately becomes uh, his business manager, I think, in title only. It's played by Richard Roxborough. But here's the cool thing. He's in a movie called Van Helsing. That's a great movie. Good movie. I love Van Helsing. He plays uh, Dracula, I believe, in that. Uh, But also in a little movie called Moulin Rouge. That's a big one. Uh, Sanctum. He's most recently in a television show my wife and I really enjoy. We're waiting for the next season, The Crown. Oh. Uh, Really good. Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, Yeah. that's a great movie. I love Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, Hank Snow, uh, played by David Wenham, and we know David Wenham from a little little piece that was filmed over in New Zealand called The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, I had the two Pirates of the Caribbean. He yep. was in. You He's know. been in a couple of the Pirates movies. Don't forget, Peter Rabbit 1 and 2. Yeah, Come you on. know. That's big but time. He was also in a little thing called Australia, done by the same director. Uh, as this movie, and also 300, The Rise of the Empire. I don't get these 300 movies, do you? I haven't seen them. A, it's not even it's not even bad history. It's it's awful history. Yeah. And and B, it's like so CGI. It's just weird. I, I don't know. I yeah, don't. Yeah, they like it. the way the blood likes to hit the camera. Yeah, the CGI. It's a little weird. Flashes yeah. and they're overjacked uh, Spartans. It's just weird. Uh, playing Jimmy Rogers. Uh, Cody Smith McPhee. Now he's been in some stuff. Deadpool two, uh, The Road, Slow West, uh, X Men. He's been in a couple of the X Men movies. Yeah. You know, Apocalypse and uh, the like. The, the one that looked interesting coming up is the twenty sixty seven. Yeah, I haven't seen it and heard of it. It looked interesting. And he was in a movie that got all sorts of attention last year at the Academy Awards, The Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog. Yeah. And I have to admit, I tried to watch it. And I just couldn't get into the flow of the movie. It moves yeah. really slow at the beginning. I'll, I'll give it a crack down the road, but it just just wasn't catching me. Playing Jerry Schilling is Luke Bracey. Uh, and now he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Point Break, G.I. Joe Retaliation, The November Man, Interception, Hacksaw, Hacksaw Ridge. Ridge. Yeah. There you go. That was just on the other day. And got, uh, by got the way, them there. you got to watch Hacksaw Ridge. If you oh, haven't so seen it, such a good movie. Spider-Man without a weapon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of what it is, isn't it? Love Andrew Garfield. Um, and then finally playing Steve Binder is Dockery Montgomery. And and we know we know Dockery. Oh. Little little uh, enterprise on Netflix a called scary, uh, character. Stranger Things. Oh yeah, yeah. he plays uh, plays kind of the hero in a way. You know, he's that dark brother. You know, yeah, he is. All of a sudden, he comes back. He's a big time. Yeah, he is. But he was also in Power Rangers. Oh, absolutely. And my wife and I went to see this in the theater, the Broken Hearts Gallery. Oh yeah, Did you ever see that one? And I have not. Very cute. A little love story. It was a lot of fun. I don't remember him in it. I, you know, he obviously wasn't one of the two main characters, so I'd have to go back and look. Well, he's also in this television piece called In Vitro. And uh, what's fascinating is he has a lot of production credits That's for it. that as yeah, well. That. So he's branching out a little bit, maybe because he's hanging out with Boz Lerman. I don't know. <laughs> could I mean, be. It, it very well could be. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about this movie because let me tell you, I was surprised and blown away in more ways than one. 
Uh, number one, I think the acting is just phenomenal across the board. Very good. So, you know, you yeah. have anytime you throw Tom Hanks into the mix, you know, it's going to raise everybody up. You know, the well, he doesn't usually play this character. Yeah, you know, rise. Let's face it, it's a little slimy. Well, let's call it what it is. Right. When the water rises, it raises all boats. And, you know, that's what Tom Hanks does. Yeah. And he plays really a slimy making money off of another human being like a leech character. And unfortunately, it's true. Colonel Tom Parker was a uh, guy from the, the Netherlands or Holland. Uh, emig- wanted for murder. Emigrated to the United States somehow, mm-hmm. wanted for murder, has no identity. He's not even a colonel, calls himself that, makes money off the carnival, uh, off of one of these traveling carnivals, and finds his way down south with the carnival. Even even originally when both him and uh, Hank Snow mm-hmm. were co-managing Elvis. Because yeah. for Hank, you know, they, in the movie they, they make Hank look like he doesn't like Elvis because he's young. And yet Hank was helping co-manage. It was everything for Hank to want him to do well. Right. And the colonel kind of steals... Oh, Hank's yeah. uh, part in that and, and, and gets uh, well, Elvis' parents to sign just with him. There's that whole scene where he says, yeah. I love how he says it, we will, we will leave him behind then. I just <laughs> He kind of talks in his little T voice, we will leave him behind then, and it will be you and me. Yeah. Um, but the colonel, he he discovers Elvis. Now, the, the background behind his discovery of Elvis, and I really appreciated this in the movie, is his parents, Gladys and Vernon, are not wealthy people. They are poor, poor people. And uh, they're living in the south, in the deep south. They're south of Memphis, Tennessee. They're down there in Mississippi. And what happens? But Elvis's daddy goes to jail. And mama can't make ends meet, and she has to move into the neighborhood with the black families. But Elvis, this is all he knows as a young boy. Also overshadowing this is Elvis had a twin brother who died at birth. So there's this kind of the, the, the angel, you know, the brother, the deceased brother angel is always o- overlooking Elvis. They right. kind of have this mythology in their, in their faith life. He has the power of two men, right? He has the power of two <laughs> men, says Mama Gladys. And uh, what, what's interesting is Elvis, is this is his reality. Yeah. He's, he's hanging out with, with the black boys. He's, he's immersing himself in the black culture. And there's that scene early in the movie when they sneak up to the, to the barn. And there in the barn is Arthur Big Boy Crowdup plucking away, playing the blues. And he's listening. And the couple is dancing, and it is very emotive dancing and music. And he's just getting drawn into this whole scene. Well, and and Elvis's upbringing like that reminds me of, I just heard comedian Ralphie May talk about growing up. And he goes... We didn't see black and white. We were just poor. All we saw was dirt poor. So that was, yeah. you know, and that's kind of where Elvis was. Well, and then the boys go running over to the Pentecostal church and they're looking inside and they're they're dancing and they're stomping and they're singing and they're praising and they're moved in the spirit. And Elvis goes in and he starts dancing and he starts singing and he, oh, gets, yeah. he gets moved in the spirit and they're trying to pull him out. And the preacher says, don't pull him away from the spirit. It's just a great line. <laughs> And what you realize is at that point, Elvis doesn't see black or white. Elvis sees his community, and he's embracing the expressiveness. He's ex- he's embracing the music. He's embracing the culture. It is 
his culture. It's colorful. It's flamboyant. It's expressive. It's where he grew up. It's his home. Yeah. Now, Mama gets enough money, and they move on up to Memphis. Now, this is kind of an interesting segue into this movie just for a moment. You know, in my my, uh, congregation that I served in New Jersey, had this member, Rosa. And Rosa hung out with Elvis Presley in high school. Oh, wow. In Memphis. Yeah, in fact, when I did Rosa's funeral, uh, Rosa died of cancer. Uh, When they laid her out in the casket, she was covered in one of these kind of... uh, um, a velour type of blankets. Blue suede. With Elvis Presley on it, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she used to hang out oh, with him. She dated him. Neat. She dated him. She was one of the, nice. you know, one of the, one of the group that hung together. But Elvis embraced. And I thought my wife even caught this when they, they talked about him wearing makeup. Mom, Mama did him up with makeup. He, expressiveness. Uh, his dress was flamboyant. He wore the, the pink shirt or the, 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 the purple suit or the what have you. He loved all of it. Mm. And now he's in Memphis and there he's on, on Beale Street. And there he's really now getting into the serious music of the blues with B.B. King uh, and, you know, some of these other <laughs> other ones, uh, Sister Rosa, Rosetta Tharp and, uh, you know, uh, looking down there, uh, some of the other ones. Uh, he's just he's getting immersed in this culture. So, so one of the highlights, uh, my junior year of high school, show choir tour mm-hmm. we go to memphis mm-hmm. and our director set up for us to sit in on a rehearsal and have a barbecue they set up right. a barbecue we got to listen right then 39 high school kids are going bar hopping on beale street to listen to the blues oh yeah and of yeah. course when 39 i'll be honest white kids walk into a bar on beale street everybody stops and said who are you guys yeah well, we're a choir from Illinois. And they'd break out in a sweet home Chicago. I think yeah. we heard it like 10 times that night. But yeah. it was one of the highlights. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. All of them. The music, the singing, the culture. It was awesome. For a 17-year-old to yeah. experience that, I loved it. So now, now let's let's get back to the movie oh, here. Oh, sorry. Because this is important. I was reminiscing. Yeah, no, it was good. Same with me with Rosa. It's just uh, Elvis is a very central character to our American culture. Mm. And what I really loved is... Now, when Elvis starts to perform and Colonel Tom Parker starts getting him out on that stage with more people and with the recording and the like, Elvis is fully expressive. And I never really gave this a lot of thought. You know, he died in 1973. Mm-hmm. So I was a little little kid when he died. I wasn't born. And I only knew, you know, what I only knew was old, drugged up, fat Elvis. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> Oh, whoa. Yeah, that's true. That's what he was. Caught you off guard. Yeah. I did not really know or appreciate the young, the the handsome, the the athletic, charismatic, Mm. powerful singing, powerful stage present Elvis. And you're watching this and you realize the dancing. You realize the expressiveness. You realize the, the flash and flamboyance. The voice, the singing. You brought it up, the lip. The, well, the sexuality, the right. over-sexualized stage presence. And what it was, and I never really gave this any thought, was all of that upbringing. Hmm. From the blues in the barn to the Pentecostal preacher to all the musicians on Beale Street, all of a sudden were wrapped up in a white boy from Mississippi to Memphis, Tennessee, outward to the world, and the culture around him, which at that time was a segregated, hmm. white-dominated, it was a poor, it was a boorish, poor culture, 
reacted, you know, harshly against Elvis. Right. And they didn't want any part of it. Well, because he was, he was, I love how the, I believe it was the one senator says he's co-mingling with the Negroes and he's bringing that Negro culture into the whites. And let's see how that would float today. Mm. You know, so all of a sudden, you know, here's a true story, folks. You know, when Elvis had this kind of lisp, uh, kind of raised his lip a little bit, you know, like a sneer. That all started in Jacksonville, Florida, right where we are, because when he was about to perform, they told him, you start wiggling them hips, you're going to get arrested, boy. So the whole con- whole concert, he kept sneering at the cops in the back who were ready to arrest him. Mm. If he started to really emote and express physically. <laughs> um, like which, the TV shows. Which was yeah. fascinating. But, you know, as you watch this movie, you realize... Colonel Tom Parker is just taking advantage of Elvis over and over again, signing contracts, having him do things he doesn't want to do. They said he got like 50% of everything Elvis He took 50% of everything Elvis made and really left him destitute because Elvis just kept spending money because he was generous. He was always blessing the people around him with cars and houses and all this kind. And he was broke at the end of the movie, which is really just heartbreaking and sad. sad. But let's get back to the... Uh, to, to the to the point here of Elvis in this culture was causing grief and pain to those within the culture. And I think this still goes on today. Anytime mm. we are confronted with something that is countercultural to what we know, we rebuff. We find ourselves pushing back. Pe- people struggle. It makes us uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. this happened in the Bible times. I saw it. MTV. Have you ever watched how MTV was made and how the push for rap and even even yeah. R and B oh, took sure. forever to get there? Oh yeah, yeah. They it wasn't what they were thinking. Well, stop yeah. and consider. Elvis Presley changes music. Now he isn't the one who did all the changing, but he's the one who in- introduced the changes mm. because he was the white bridge upon which people could travel. Right. You know, there's a great scene in the movie when he's when he's struggling because he's losing his identity. And he goes down to Beale Street. He's hanging out with B.B. King Mm, and Sister Rosetta Tharp and Big Mama Thornton. He's hanging out with all these. And there's this young, very attractive black man playing the piano. It's Little Richard. And B.B. King tells him, he says, Elvis, you're the man who's going to make all the money. You're the guy who's going to bring all of this to the world. He can't. He points to Little Richard and goes, he can't do it without you. Right. And I never really gave that a lot of thought that Elvis was the man the bridge. who who bridged. He brought soul, he brought blues, he bought brought expressive dancing, all of that to a white average middle America world. <laughs> it's, it's it's what Michael Jackson did on MTV the other way. Yeah. yeah. It's it's funny how you need that bridge, somebody to who has their foot in both worlds and can change the stereotype. You know, I, I mentioned, you know, this happens in the Bible. We don't think about this, but it does. It does. It's Acts chapter 10. It's it's Paul and Peter, and Paul is pushing to bring the gospel to Gentile world. Yeah. That's what he's doing. And Peter's struggling with that. You know, because they're not uncircumcised. Jews. They're uncircumcised. They're, yeah. the, they're, the, they're the goy. In Hebrew, they're the goy. They're the, mm. you know, less than human being kind of thing. 
And while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word, and the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed, because the gift of the Holy Spirit was even poured out on the Gentiles. <gasps> Aghast, even oh, on wow. the Gentiles. That's Acts chapter 10, folks. And that's what Elvis does. Yeah. He pours out onto society an entirely different way of expression in music. And it changes the culture. It absolutely oh, yeah. changes the culture. You know, to, to appease the angry, narrow-thinking, you know, white, racist leadership, you know, the colonel puts Elvis in the army for a couple of years, and that's where he meets Priscilla. So something good comes of it. But he's always, the Colonel Tom Parker's always trying to quell this bridge building that Elvis is. Right. And, and we see Elvis push back even with the death of Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, that's and a powerful And then it was what, Bobby scene. Kennedy? Yeah, that Bobby he finally Kennedy. comes out. It's like those are a couple, couple yeah. months apart. And, yeah. and Elvis is finally, I mean, he uses his popularity and his voice yeah. to push back. Yeah. I mean, when, when, you, when I watched a scene with Martin Luther King, he's like, the, ki the kill Dr. King. Dr. King was a great man. Mm. I mean, hearing Elvis, he was absolutely countercultural to where he was in the world. You know, if he was up in New York, I don't think anybody would have paid a lick of attention to what Elvis was doing. The fact that he was doing this in the Deep South oh, yeah. during the Civil Rights Movement is profound. And I never, ever gave that one single thought. And yet, that's what he is. Now, unfortunately... As we see Elvis's career go down this path, and the acting again is tremendous, because he's the uh, you know the one playing Elvis, Austin Butler. His voice is changing. My my wife was <laughs> kind of so wondering good. how they were going to plump up Elvis. He never really got to be plumpy Elvis, you no. know. But they did definitely stuff the costume a little bit. Let's put it that way. Uh, where Elvis starts to fight against the control of Colonel Tom Parker. Yeah, at one point. I they say the scene didn't happen in real life, that Elvis never would have fired him from stage. They have that scene where he mm -hmm. gets mad, mm -hmm. and he calls out the, the colonel from stage, and mm -hmm. they say that that didn't actually happen. But he does try to leave him. Yeah. And, and, of course, the colonel points out, due to money and due to what's going on. Because the way the colonel... leaving. Yeah, the way the colonel constructed all the oh. contracts, all the Elvis bling-bling, you know, the Elvis bobbleheads and stuffed animals and all that stuff... Oh, by the way, All the stuff his dad was in charge of. Yeah, well, but Colonel Tom Parker was really the shadow company exactly. behind it, so he owed all the money to Colonel Tom Parker. Oh yeah, which is just tragic, absolutely dirty. tragic. It was very dirty, and you know, as the movie comes careening down, you know, Elvis does the what was supposed to be the Christmas special. <laughs> I just love this. He's supposed yeah. to wear the uh, the Christmas sweater, and in it took uh, Steve Binder. Uh, played by Dockery Montgomery, to talk him into being authentic again. Mm -hmm. And what did Elvis do? He reconnected with his roots. BB King, black leather, baby, and it was the black leather mm -hmm. on the stage. And you know, Colonel Tampa, where is the Christmas sweater? Where is the Christmas sweater? <laughs> you know, there's no Christmas sweater. I no, love Christmas that. Uh, and, but it was his comeback, and you realized how tremendous of a performer he was, and that launched then into Vegas. Which, unfortunately, to keep doing this schedule and the like, that's when introduced yeah. the uppers and the downers. The drugs. 
And then all of a sudden we had Fat Elvis. It's just, it was sad. And the thing that really kind of surprised me was you get to the end of this movie and how old was he when he died? Mm. 43. Wow. He was a lot younger than I thought he was. Yeah. But I pause because I looked over this, you know, as I, I kept pausing the movie, which, 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 something I normally do not do. Uh, but I needed to reflect upon how Elvis continued to force the change on the culture, continued to bring an, an entirely silenced voice in art and music forward. Even on the stage in Vegas, he was still doing it. You know, he's doing the big Vegas spectacular shows there. And I paused. All of his backup singers, uh, for many of the songs, they were black women. Mm -hmm. That that Mm -hmm. was unheard of in the 60s, you know, in the early 70s. That was part of the push. But that's who he was. He was always consistent and true to his expressive self. And I think we can learn a lot about that as uh, as Christians to this day, that we need to be able to go and interact with other cultures and embrace what is what is there. Enjoy the expressiveness, see the beauty that that comes forward from the people, especially as they express their faith in Jesus. You grew up in New York. Yeah. I grew up in Illinois, mm-hmm. and and like you said, you never really thought of it from that standpoint. But let's face it, it was, we've been in Jacksonville, this is the 2000s, and yet we still see moments where people act like they're still living in 1960. Oh, yeah. No, there's no doubt. You know, it's it's one of those things where we're still having to deal with uh, the racial lines. You know, and I say this even about our own church and church body. Um, you know, we're obviously, as as Lutherans, we are very Germanic, very Northern European, uh, very 16th century uh, in our music, in our expressiveness, in the like, which... It's our heritage. Which means we don't get a whole lot of warm fuzzy out of it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean the other Lutherans in the world that have different forms of expressiveness need to conform to a 16th century model. I hope not. Uh, I love when I go to Ethiopia... Uh, when I'm over there and I'm, we're going to church with Pastor Abisa in Dukum. Uh Pastor Abisa, I love when Pastor Abisa preaches. I don't really understand what he's saying, but <laughs> if you're not moved in the spirit, you're, you're, you're yeah. dead. I think maybe you're just dead. I don't know. Uh, their music is powerful. It is different. And, and that's right. good. That's, that's the full breath of God's creativity in culture. And that's what Elvis Presley does in this movie. He embraces the culture around him. He gives it his own personal expressiveness and gives it a voice to the wider to the wider world. And I think we're all the better when that happens, don't you? I agree. Absolutely. I think that leads uh, us to our question of the day. Uh, when you consider uh, the music you listen to or the art you appreciate, what cultures have brought that to the fore? Hmm. You know, where did that come from? What are the the roots uh, that run deep that are now sprouting in your midst, whether it be on your radio or on your television, in an art museum? Why does it move you the way it moves you? Because that's a gift from God, 
and a gift that needs to be shared. And I think that's a pretty good thought to end with today. Now, if you're enjoying our podcast, consider leaving a review and a rating on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to. It does help other people find us. Uh, And also check out the book, Christ, Culture, and Cinema, which can be purchased on Amazon. Now, next time, we're going to bring in a guest. In fact, our Our guest is going to be moving up to New York City soon, uh, where you can actually go to a Gucci store uh, there on Fifth Avenue. Next time, we're going to take a look at the House of Gucci. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. We hope you've enjoyed these three weeks of best of episodes while we have been on hiatus and busy watching movies. Next week, we'll return with a brand new movie as we take a look at Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. Thank you for joining us for Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his assistant, Michael Pop. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. (laughs) 